It's Saturday Night in Comedy, and tonight we sit down with two absolute heavy hitters straight out of NYC. We are back in the New York groove with two headliners from the world's most infamous comedy mecca. Kicking off with the man of many voices, Matt Friend. I mean, he's 23, so he's at least the boy of many voices, but he can pretty much nail anyone in comedy. And we go one-on-one -on -one with club favorite Paul Veerzy, who's making his way right here to the six. I'm Dean Young. And we're about to go inside the joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And baby, you better believe I'm back. Saturday, 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 Saturday. There we go. I can do a new song now that's even more terrible than it used to be. It is Saturday Night in Comedy, and you are, of course, listening to an all-new Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming all over planet Earth, wherever there is Tay Internets, courtesy of our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you hail a cab without getting hit by it. How about that? The reason I say that is because it is very New York tonight. We are in the New York groove. We are talking New York comedy. I got Vince Tedesco, our producer, on the air. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well. Yes, a very New York City vibe. New York. It is a very New York, New York vibe. Let's go to a Broadway show. Which we can. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can relate to that in Toronto comedy, as as Alec Baldwin once said on Thirty Rock. Toronto is basically just New York without all the things. Yes. Uh, but of course, you know, New York is kind of, the, it's a stand-up mecca. It's sort of the city, you know, the land of all these like cult famous intimate comedy clubs uh, that Toronto for a lot of part, I mean, we've certainly have spots in this city that we've sort of patterned themselves off of them. Uh, but tonight we're talking to two very different, very unique, very specific New York comics. First up in the show, we're going to go one-on-one -on -one with Matt Friend, who yeah. has tender age of 23 has captured some of the most infamous and famous and even bizarre uh character voices in comedy and entertainment he can do just about anybody yeah. and courtesy of that it's landed him an insane amount of tiktok followers he's been everywhere from howard stern to late shows he's all over the place he's, he's at the golden globes he's these days he's done he's certain for sure we're gonna ask him about that and then yeah. later on in the show we have paul Veerzy, who uh, a lot of podcasters know him he, he hosts two very famous podcast and of course co-host and frequently tours with bill burr but he's all over the place not just clubs in new york he's literally all over the map touring and he is coming right here to toronto later this month he'll be here in the six so we got matt friend we got paul beersy it is a very new york groove right here right now on inside jokes Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as, of course, streaming everywhere on planet Earth on Global News Online. Brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Frames that look so good, they'll have everyone saying, damn, Daniel. That is a thing that isn't trending anymore, and probably five people will remember. We are, of course, talking all things New York. We are in the New York group tonight on Inside Jokes. First up, we are chatting with... The man of many voices, Matt Friend. Uh, at the tender age of 23, this comic has already gained infamy, not to mention multiple late show appearances and a massive online following with his uncanny ability to mimic some of comedy and acting's most bizarre personalities. I mean, you, Matt, Matt, first off, we thank you. We know you're a New Yorker. That is the scene you came up in, but you're actually out in L.A. right now. So 
You woke yeah. up insanely early to do Canadian radio for like two dozen people. That is dedication <laughs> right there. You think you're blowing up now and you're doing Stern and all this? Wait till after you do some Canadian radio. You are just you have just paved the road of gold for yourself, my friend. You know what? Uh, we love Canada, beautiful people, and uh, I, I got to be myself. Now, listen, I'm happy. Thanks for having me. It's great to great to be here. It's, I mean, and of course, you know, we're on the air here in Toronto, which for you as a New Yorker, well, uh, it's basically it's Toronto, it's New York light or fat free Chicago. That's another thing we could probably call <laughs> I'm it. from Chicago. So that's a, that's a good one. Actually. There you go. So this city is that, but just, you know, watered down a little bit. But anyways, it's okay. kind of funny because you are you are very reflective of really what's happening in comedy right now, because there was a time pre pandy because on this show, we've been calling it the pandy because, you know, let's. Let's try and make that a little more fun. Let's put some sparkles on that. But there was a there was a time not that long ago where everyone in comedy really th sort of thumbed their noses at anything online. And we started seeing festivals booking, you know, YouTubers to do these gala shows and all this because it was sort of all about numbers. Like the festivals and, right. and agents and bookers were starting to clue in the fact that like, no, these are people who have themselves with their own hands built mass followings and, you know, audiences of millions wide. But a lot yeah. of people in comedy were really sort of old school about it, and they really thumbed their nose at it. But this is like, you're very representative of the fact that you, you are a comic that came up doing exactly that. You built your own online audience, and now you built your own career. I mean, at the age of 23, your online following, it's landed you on Stern. It's landed you on Late 24, Show. 24. 24. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Careful there. You're, one, you're, you're almost two, one more year, and, you, you know, DiCaprio wouldn't be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're getting up there. But no, I mean, realistically, you're, you know, a lot of comics always went, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Well, that's kind of changed the face of comedy. I mean, you built your own audience and here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, for me, I was doing comedy before I started posting on social media. Um, like I started doing, I'm from Chicago. I grew up uh, about five minutes away from Second City. Uh, and I was, I know we have the Canada-Chicago connection there. Uh, yeah. And I was always just very obsessed with comedy at a young age. I've talked about it in many interviews, but I watched Austin Powers and that's Mike Myers. There you go. And that's yeah. like the first uh, uh, thing that mesmerized me as a kid. I, I was just completely hooked for whatever reason. Uh, and then uh, I would look up like Johnny Carson and uh, Ed, Ed Sullivan and Don Rickles and Rich Little, great Canadian, by the way, yeah. right there. Oh, he's uh, got a passport. <laughs> uh, so, uh, exactly. Yeah, I know my shit there. We got, we love, we love Canada. Uh, so very obsessed with that. And then when the pandemic hit though, I needed some way to pivot. I mean, I was so used to doing stand up and comedy clubs while I was in college at NYU. Uh, and then the pandemic hit, I needed some creative outlet. So then I started doing, just this online stuff and that's what led to a lot of uh just crazy like agent manager finding me like you know uh all these different appearances being here with you guys in canada uh <laughs> right now um so i mean it's pretty amazing but a lot of the gatekeepers have been i don't want to say entirely eliminated but the idea that you had to be seen by someone at a club to have some level of success is kind of over uh, you can you can make something out of nothing by posting a video in your kitchen. So if you're still frowning upon the idea that you can, um, like if you're a comedian or, or that is frowns upon the idea that you can be 
do something great in comedy by posting online, you're just wrong uh, because this is the way it's done now. It is so true. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny you talk about the gatekeepers. That's one thing we've been on a lot about on this show lately is, I mean, here in Canada, that's definitely what's happening because, I mean, it's a small industry. In this country, we have like two club chains, two corporate clubs. And I thought you were going to say we have like two people. I was confused for a second. <laughs> we're talking to them right now. And I mean, and we have like a handful of clubs. And I mean, of course, the one that everybody all over the planet knows is, of course, yeah. just for laughs. That's the big one. But here in Canada, that's how it always worked. It was like oh, yeah. you either land on, you know, these three festivals or you get signed by one of the clubs. Yeah. And that was the only way in. And now it's like completely blown up. Um, it's kind of funny, too. I mean, speaking of, you know, you, you did get to go on Stern. And of course... You did. It just talked about me like an hour ago. Apparently, I have to listen to it because. Well, and it's funny because you, you yeah. actually got a chance to do Stern for Stern, but it's kind of funny because that is another thing that has changed in comedy. Because not that long ago, Stern was the place that was the spot in radio where comics would sort of generate infamy for themselves because they would go on there and they could generate a bit of edge and controversy and buzz, and it was a show that everyone listened to and everybody talked about. It was sort of like. It was sort of like a newer version of, you know, back in the day, if comics got called over to like the late show couch, that meant they were going right. to right. blow up. Yeah. Stern kind of became the later on version of that in a way. And I mean, yes, of course, he's still going and he's still very much out there and relevant. But in a way, that is a bygone era now, too, because everything's all about podcasting and digital content and getting your voice out there in a different way. So it's another one of those paths that you don't necessarily need to do anymore. This whole sort of like shock radio era is almost gone as well. He's just such like uh, an icon, though. It's like it's, yeah, it's I mean, like he's a media you, empire it, now. The way the way I compared it to was like yeah, like, like kind of like what you just said, but and I said this to him on the air, but like getting his approval felt like when Carson would do the nod uh, yeah. to a young comedian. Uh, it's very good. He's a very talented comedian. Uh, so that's the impression I need to get 20, my, women my age to be attracted to me. I do my Johnny Carson impression. That's what, <laughs> that's what they love. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what they care about. Uh, but I mean, he just being on with him is just like the coolest. And I think it's a fun match too, because like I'm young and I'm coming up and doing like TikTok and social media. And he's obviously the most established you can possibly be in the entertainment industry now. Uh, so, I mean, he's just the best. Well, he really is a one, one man media empire. And it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, yeah, you can, you can make it as a comic now without doing the late shows or without doing Stern. 100%. It's absolutely. still a massive feather in your cap. It's still a massive. It's just platform. very cool. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's, you know, that definitely that, that buzz hasn't gone. All right, we got lots more to get into with Matt Friend, the man of many voices, out yeah. in LA by way of NYC. We'll be right back right here with more inside jokes. Oh my golly. Hello, hello. Yes, of course. Occur. Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to Inside. Inside. Yes. Inside jokes. I love a good joke. I love a good, love a good riddle of a riddler. Yes, of course. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Fantastic radio program. Um, makes me think of the vaudevillian era. Yeah, vaudeville, vaudeville, of course, Vaughn, yes. In Jurassic Park, scary in the dark, yes. Thank you very much. You've got a friend in me, 
Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming all over the universe on Global News Online. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, because the planet is getting hotter, and so are your selfies. We are talking all things New York comedy. We are talking to the one and only man of many voices, Matt Friend, is on the air with us right now, which, by the way, Matt, like, you know, you... You again, you built this following, you blew up because of your uncanny ability to mimic so many voices. And of course, you know, you have some very infamous voices in comedy. You've done impressions of other comics. I know you've done Matt for him so many times. You've done Stern for Stern. (laughs) One interesting one is Jeff Goldblum, because to me, he's kind of he's he's that level of sort of eccentric cult character. He's almost like a Christopher Walken level at this point, except yes. Not a lot of people, like, even though there's so much mannerisms to grab onto there, not a lot of people have really mastered that voice. Oh, my God, you certainly have. I mean, you gave us a promo <laughs> for the show as Goldblum. I've never... It's funny, everyone and their dog does a Christopher Walken. Like, you know, yeah. at kitchen parties, people are doing Christopher Walken. But uh-huh. really yeah. mastered the Goldblum, which... Thank that's you. an eccentric one. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I he is, like, like the 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 greatest gift for a comedian or impressionist. Uh, he's unbelievable. I mean, and uh, in terms of just like how he behaves in interviews and everything, like he's, yeah. just, he's like this creature that is just the greatest. Uh, and I've had the most fun uh, with that impression too. Uh, and and him loving it as well. And when I was on stage with him last year, like it was just uh, insane. And then play, I just played him on The Simpsons too, which was just kind of crazy. Uh, so getting a lot of mileage out of Daddy Jeff Goldblum, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny too because as you mentioned, like <clears throat> he is such he is such a walking caricature of himself, and he he just kind of gets better with age. He keeps on getting yes, like, yes, blossoming more yes. and more. He's like seventy years old. It's amazing, <laughs> remarkable. But for you, yeah. as a comic and as an impersonator, I mean, there's just so much. It, there's so much richness to grab onto there. There is. There's the way his voice fluctuates. It's it's amazing. Yeah. There's so many different like uh, like ingredients that go into a, into Jeb Goldblum. You have okay. some characters that you have some people that you can absolutely nail that are some pretty bold choices and are some pretty like Timothy Chalamet is one that I know <laughs> you've become known for. To me, when I I mean yes, Timothy Chalamet. And I mean, of course, that's obviously you know that's a big name right now, especially for a lot of your audience. But like. When I heard that, I was like, how did he, like, I would have thought there's not really anything to latch on to there, but you've somehow <laughs> shocked yeah. that one open. I don't know how you, like, Chalamet is one that you've absolutely mastered. Well, uh, you know, you just have to sort of, like, get really, get really small and uh, be very, very humble, uh, <laughs> start laughing. Uh, oh, it's just so surreal to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm such a big fan of Canada. Uh, it's so great to be here. Uh, just, like, be very, very nervous. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun now with Austin Butler, too. That That's a big one. He's having a huge moment right now He's having a moment uh, in right Hollywood. Now. Yeah. Well, he's thrown his voice, hasn't he? He's been talking like Elvis it, for months it, now. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah, he's just like, he he, he he did an amazing job playing Austin, but he's still sound, playing Elvis, rather, playing Austin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he still sounds like Elvis, which is amazing. So just like, he wins the Golden Globe, and he's just like, hey, hey, thank you so much. It's such an honor. Uh, to have won this thing, and then I'm like, is he gonna start singing next? Just like, if I can dream, yeah, of he a did. better land where all my brothers go hand in hand. Tell me why? I'm like, dude, it's okay. We know you're from Southern California. What's happening? So it was amazing. <laughs> it's but like I he met was him too, actually, which was awesome. Yeah, 
It's funny because, like you said, it's like he refused to get to get out of character. Another one that you've really nailed, which she's also having a massive moment right now, is Jennifer Coolidge. Like she's oh, obviously God, not yeah, the age yeah, thing, but yeah. she's kind of having like a Betty White moment right now. She's just sort of cool, like Coolidge. Comedy. Coolidge and Goldblum. I'm like, we need to get a rom com starring Goldblum and Coolidge. Like that would be the craziest. <laughs> My head would explode probably. Imagine. I love that, that title, Goldblum and Coolidge. That's well, a there you yeah, go. I mean, yeah. Have you ever had the chance to do it for her, by the way? Because I know most no, of the but, comics have seen it, you know? No, but now I'm going to sound like such a, like a, I, I can't even believe like the words that are about to come out of my mouth that I'm actually, when I was at the Golden Globes after party last week, I <laughs> met her, <laughs> but, which is just wild to say, but uh, I didn't do my impression, but I, I did meet her, which was very cool. One thing I was curious about, and of course, as you mentioned, like you're Chicago born and raised, you came up in Chicago, you came up in New York yeah. doing comedy. Obviously, as you said, I mean, you have, you have a, TikTok is a huge platform for you. You have a massive following there. You know, you really yeah. did sort of blow up online. You launched your career there. But of course, you also came up on stage. For you, I mean, yeah. Chicago is sort of the land of sketch and improv. New York is the stand-up yeah, right. mecca. So, I mean, yeah, a lot. so much of your audience is online. But for you on stage, when you're doing this live, is there a certain club that for you was really sort of your home stage where you cut your teeth, where you sort of felt most it's at home? You know, it's happening now. Uh, and that's what, It's fun doing this interview because, um, yeah, I mean, so I just did my like my first tight and full hour of stand up for the New York Comedy Festival, this big week long, this week, this big festival in New York. Uh, and I'm all I'm, I really am all over the city. Like the first club I uh, started out really performing at consistently was the comic strip where like Seinfeld started and Eddie Murphy and then, and then Gotham Comedy Club. But where I'm really working now is the stand comedy club is where those guys are the greatest. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, and uh, that's where I feel I'm becoming a comedian right now. I'm there like all the time and working on my jokes and crowd work and everything. So that is, that is my place. How much are those? Cause I mean, I know obviously you're, you know, you're not always in character like you as a comic, you're writing and performing from, you know, from the chest as well, from your own life. Yes, that's right. How, that's how right. sort of separate are those two sides of you? Like, have you ever had to be up on stage and, and dismantle a heckler while in character? I, well, it's funny you ask. Normally, I will dismantle them as myself. However, <laughs> but I will say, uh, I had a joke about this, actually, which is that Trump is the ideal voice to do when you're being heckled. Because if you say something mean to me, I can say something much worse in that voice. Because if you're Trump, you can say whatever you want. So, for yeah. example, if you, if you tell me you suck during a comedy show, someone goes, oh, you suck. I can just be like... And you're a dog. Lock him up, folks. Lock him up like a dog. He's a nasty guy, right? So that's the way to shut someone up immediately. Uh, but that is a fun one. But in terms of the comedy, it's it, uh, there's a lot of regular stand-up in there, too, that I'm excited to be sharing out these next few weeks and months ahead. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because, yeah, for you, you're sort of a dual threat. Like, for you as, as a stand-up and also the flip side where you're slipping into character and you're an impersonator, yeah. there's sort of this inception thing happening there because... Every stand-up, when they get up on stage, you're sort of slipping into, you know, a, a sort of a, an extreme version of yourself. You're sort of slipping into a persona in a way. So it's sort of you're going behind right. the curtain. So for you, it's like you're already doing that as a stand-up. You're already, you know, going into like a dialed-up version of yourself to begin with. And then there's like yeah. further layers back when you slip into more characters. So it's like you're really – you have a lot of walls you can put up there in those situations. Absolutely. Where do you yeah. feel most where do you feel most at home right now? I mean, like you say, you're working the stand a lot. You are out there, you're working touring stand-up. Uh, that is half of why you make these appearances as well. Where do you feel most 
at home and sort of alive and in the moment? Is it when you are live on stage or is it when you are pumping out content for your online following? Because those are sort of two dual worlds for you. You know, I what's interesting is I'm doing I'm in both of these worlds where I'm a stand up comedian. I'm doing stand up in the clubs and then I'm also kind of in this like influencer social media space. 24 treading both worlds and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I really like seeing both of these worlds and merging them together. Um, but in terms of where you feel most at home, that's that's just on the stage. I mean, I like like when I'm when I'm doing my my material in front of people, like that is where the 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 best stuff happens, I think. But I I mean also like doing interviews and having crazy stuff happen, I mean, is really exciting uh for me as well. Like being on different like stern and then doing like voiceover and other things and uh so i don't know it's all it's a very exciting time there's a lot coming up now now matt uh i saw you on the golden globes and obviously you're doing yeah connecting impersonations as well how much of that is a on the fly and how long does it actually take for you to, to master an impression like are you looking at pitch tone cadence like all that comes into play it you know that's a great question. It you know sometimes everybody's like, so what's your process? And like, yeah. I have no f-ing idea. Uh, it's like it's like Don Rickles said that comedy is a personality, uh, and I relate a lot to that in terms of like it is very much just within me. You know, my sister called me a glorified parrot, uh, so that's maybe that is what I am. Uh, but usually, I'm such a like fan of pop culture, and I'm very into what's happening like politically in the news, and uh, so like. I'm just kind of aware of what's going on. And usually with that, like I just figure out impressions. Sometimes I need, I want to get someone down quickly. Like Paul Dano, I have to work on him still, but I met him and he actually said to me after he goes, that was really, that was really good. Uh, so I made him laugh with like a line of his, uh, but some, I, some, I need to get down quicker, but usually it just kind of happens. I guess it's kind of a challenge in a way, right. To, for you to like, okay, I get, I can tackle this one. I can tackle this one, but I mean, realistically, I mean, obviously this is just inherently in you, but when you first started tinkering around and putting this stuff out online, yeah. did you your wildest dreams imagine that's where it would land? You would be on Stern, would be at the Golden Globes, would be on late night talk shows. It, did you it, ever imagine it's that? Like, it's so, I mean, especially like this quickly, I think it's relatively fast. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't know if the pandemic did not happen, I'm not sure that, I mean, I, I would have been doing kind of, I don't know if all this stuff would have happened as fast necessarily. Cause in some ways, like all this social media stuff, accelerated things getting seen by people. Um, but I mean, I always had goals and was visualizing things, um, but there's uh, certainly some pinch me moment. that doesn't even make sense. Like when <laughs> I was at the globes, I'm like, how is this even possible? I feel like I broke in here. So it was just unbelievable. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, for you though, do you sort of have a favorite impression? Yeah, there must be one that's sort of closest to the chest for you at this yeah, point. Yeah, which one do you love doing? I mean, uh, you know, I, oddly enough, I love doing Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, good morning. It's so great to be here today. Thank you so much. We've got an incredible update to our iPhone program. I don't know something about the Apple keynotes puts me in a great mood, but. I like the Stern and Goldblum I love doing. And then like obscure ones like Chuck Grassley for some weird reason. Uh, this like wow. very obscure politician in the United States. Uh, so who else is fun? I mean. Can you do any Canadians? I, Can you do a Trudeau? You know, I got to. I, 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 I should have prepared more for that. I got to hear no, it. I know if I do it, what's going to happen is you guys get to say like I, there's going to be some picky 
I got I, I got to come back and I'll have to get him down. Okay, it's fine, cool. anyways, Matt. All of our famous people live in LA where you are right now, anyways. They don't actually <laughs> yeah. live here anymore. I saw, right. Hey, look, I saw I saw Seth Rogen at the Golden Globe. So that's another. There we one. go. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to grab onto there with that guy, uh, Matt. We get on and and I, and I saw Bieber last night at a restaurant. I didn't say hi to him, but I saw him. Oh, there hey, Justin Bieber, right on. There's another one to tell. Yeah. Nail them all. There you yeah. go. Rogan's Rogan's one with a lot to grab onto. Matt, thank you so much. By the way, I know you're joining us on uh, West Coast time from out in LA. Uh, before we do let you go, though, for our listeners at home, where can we follow you on TikTok? Where can we find you online? Check out upcoming shows, all that good stuff. At real Donald Trump. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it is at <laughs> it is at the Matt Friend on Instagram. T H E M A T T F R I E N D. The Matt Friend. Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, and Snapchat. There we go. Love it. Matt, thank you so much, man. I mean, it's again, so this repertoire is absolutely insane, but also for oh our listeners God. at home, check out Matt's stand up as well. He's a man of many talents, a man of many voices. Matt, friend, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you guys. Hello, excuse me. Stop talking. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is the Donald John Trump. And I'll tell you what, there's a great show. We love it. It's called Inside Jokes. We love to get inside because when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them. I'm not going to say the sentence, but you know what I'm talking about. China. Thank you very much, honey. Thank you. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming coast to coast, North America wide, planet Earth wide, everywhere where there's the internet on Global News Online, brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, because you can't troll Twitter comments that you can't read. How about that? We are, of course, talking all things New York comedy. Thank you again to Matt Friend for joining us early in the show. Now we're switching back to the NYC. We've got the one and only Paul Beersy on the air with us right now. No stranger to club goers, literally all over the continent. In fact, all over the planet at this point. Uh, hard, one of the hardest working comics out of NYC, I really think. Host of two hit podcasts, of course, the Beersy Effect, and also your co-host with Bill Burr. So, I mean, that's that's another huge audience for you, which is kind of funny because we were talking a lot about that with Matt. Is just podcasting and sort of building this digital audience was a thing that really changed the game a lot, especially during. I'm I'm calling it the Pandy, by the way, Paul. Just we got to make that sound more fun if we can. Uh, but of course, no stranger to audiences there. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining us today, man. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm glad you guys are back up and running as of last week or a couple <laughs> days ago. <laughs> I'm going to spend the first 20 minutes of the show just listing off your credits, basically. But, you know. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's good to be here with you guys. And, of course, I mean, and for our audiences, you're coming up here to Toronto. You're coming up here to the 6th, January 28th. You'll be live here in Toronto. So we're all looking forward. We're all looking forward to that, of course. It's kind of funny, though. One thing I want to ask you, I mean, you come out of the New York scene. New York is really, it really is the stand-up mecca. I mean, New York is famous for those cult comedy clubs, those intimate rooms, cutthroat audiences a lot of the time. So, I mean, going from that, going to sort of like those heritage clubs and cutting your teeth in those rooms, very New York style. It's a diehard stand-up town. But then you're going to, you're literally performing on stages like Madison Square Garden and Carnegie Hall. How much of a different animal is that, man? Coming from these intimate, famous New York clubs to just now you're in these selling out these mega theaters. It's such a crazy swing. Well, if you know, listen, I was very lucky um, early on to have some big comedians that I had opened for, like Bill Burr. I opened for for years, uh, well, on and off. I mean, he was West Coast, so I didn't open for him as much as 
some people think it was just when he was doing a run and he wanted me on there, but to be in some of those rooms was amazing. And then now to be headlining myself. Yeah. I think New York definitely. Um, but I, I will say this, New York definitely is, I think when, when it's thriving is the best. And I think it, it really makes you as more honest and, and the fans really make you better and push you to be better, especially the lineups with the comedians, everything in New York, uh, especially on weekends, you feel like you're on a JFL lineup every time you go and yeah. just do a, do a regular spot. Um, but I will say that funny is funny. So, you know, I see comics that aren't from New York come to New York and they're all nervous about New York. And I'm just like, guys, it doesn't matter, man. These are people like just go and do what you do. No, don't let the, the the New York thing change anything. Funny is funny. Yeah, you got to want to be keep getting your reps. But I think New York, the reason why New York makes you better is because of also the reps and the opportunity. Yeah. So if you had an opportunity to get up all the time in Toronto, you know, if you're in Toronto and you have, the Stand, the Comedy Cellar, New York Comedy Club, Gotham. This, If you have all of those clubs going and you're really in it, you're going to be rotating and get better anyway. So as much as I love New York, and I do, and I do think it's the best, especially when the city's thriving and coming back like it is now after COVID, I think it's more of just the comedian. And I think a lot of that is is noise, like playing, oh my God, you're going to play here? And it's like, yeah, but I'm going to be me there. And hopefully yeah. that's enough, if that makes sense. Um, so when I come to, when I come to, I'm doing the Royal Theater out there. Um, yeah. Uh, the Royal Theater and in Toronto on the 28th. And I'm just going to, you know, bring my new hour. And, and I know how great the, the fans in, in Canada are and um, have always shown me love. So I'm excited about it. Well, I think that's why, like, even so many of our comics in Canada, and I mean, obviously the big struggle for us up here is always just trying to build our own system here where we get to keep our performers at home. But the one who do the ones who do make the move stateside, it's the, it's the ones who are serious about stand-up that make the move to New York because New York is such a dyed-in-the-wool True blue stand-up town. I mean, LA is where you go when you just want to be seen and you just want to make a name for yourself and you won't work. New York is like, if you are dedicated to stand-up and being on stage in the club is what you, that is the city for that. It is so just in the bones in New York. It's such a stand-up scene. I I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. Like me, like I was just, I did a podcast. I think it was on, uh, I was on Whitney Cummings podcast in LA. And I said to Whitney, I go, I didn't get in this business initially to get rich and famous. And I didn't, I got in this business because it was such an honor to stand on a stage and do what Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy did. Even once, like even once I was just like, it was such baby steps for me. Cause I knew that I, I had something with, when I would talk to people, they felt it. So I was like, let me go on stage and try this. But I never was like, I'm going to do this and be a star. I never wanted yeah. that. I, I wanted to get better at this and then better. And then when I saw, Oh man, things are going well. It's like, Oh, now let's see how far, this shit could go instead of instead of having it be like oh i'm gonna as soon as i hit the stage i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna i never wanted i never wanted it like that it was more of like an honor to do it and then now that things are going the way that they're going it was like okay this is what i was meant to do if that makes any sense well and in new york you get a chance to sort of come up with and learn from the best of the best i mean you're going and doing the cellar or somewhere and it's like you're on the same lineup as these absolute giants who are there just dicking around and working out new material and it's like that's the people that you're coming up with and cutting your teeth with. Uh, was there that comic for you, by the way? Because every comic sort of has that origin story where it's like, well, here's the comic who, you know, took me aside in the green room and sort of showed me the ropes or gave me feedback. I mean, we know, of course, you co-host anything better with Bill Burr and, you know, you work you work the road, you work the clubs with Bill. Who was that comic for you who sort of coming up in those New York clubs sort of like commented on your sets and watched your material and gave you that feedback and sort of made you want to go further in this game. Yeah, man, there were nights where you get like down or you realize the sacrifice. And I had two little kids at home and I'm, you know, um, it's just, it was, there were nights where you're like, man, I got little kids at home and I'm doing jokes in a dungy little bug. What am I doing? And then, <laughs> yeah. and, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody, you run into somebody. I, I 
I, there's actually a couple. I remember there's a couple things that happened. That I'm like, oh man, I remember one time I was doing a dive bar show, little, you know, shitty show and not many, you know, comics that I knew, but uh, they got uh, Judah Friedlander was on the time on it at the time. And Judah yeah. had, ju had just done a Ben Stiller, um, had just done a Ben Stiller thing. And I remember, and I went to the bathroom after my set and I guess he watched and I was just at the urinal and he walked in and he goes, Hey man, like that was like really good. And then I remember being on the road and having some bigger guys go, Hey dude, like you got a future in this thing. Or I remember making a headliner work and I could see that they changed around me. And when they talked to me and not in an arrogant cocky way, but I knew that they knew that they saw potential in me and then some would actually say it. And then, you know, obviously Bill Burr saying, you know, people hit me up going, man, Bill Burr just called you a beast. And I never really even knew that. Yeah. So, so like hearing things like that, I opened for Jim Brewer in Vegas and he was very complimentary. Those things keep you going, man. You're like, all right, maybe I'm, maybe telling these dick jokes in a bar is going to, is going to pay off sometimes. You know? be all right. There you go. It'll be all right. You're doing something right. All right. We're going to come back with more Paul Beersy right here. On Inside Jokes, and of course, do not miss him live. He will be here in Toronto at the Royal Theatre, January 28th. We're going to be back with more New York comedy right here on Inside Jokes. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and I am on Inside Jokes. I am thrilled that Canada is back up and running, and I'm coming there to bring my new hour. Let's go. I want to be a part of it, New York, New York. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming all over the goddamn planet on Global News Online. <laughs> Brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. New year, new look, while well, your eyesight stays forever 2020, which apparently... So did Canada for the most part. How about that? We have Paul Verzi on the air with us by way of New York. But of course, he's coming live to Toronto. He'll be here January 28th at the Royal Theatre in Toronto's Little Italy. Uh, Paul, it's kind of funny. You were, you know, we were talking to you before the break about, you know, when you first start out, you're coming up in those sort of infamous New York clubs and you're working alongside these absolute giants in comedy. For you, that must have been kind of a weird sort of dual life coming up too. Because I mean, on one hand, yeah, you had young kids at home. You're a family man. You're a suburban New York guy. And then at nighttime, you sort of slip into the city and go into these comedy clubs and go into these dive bars and start telling jokes. Because comedy, it's such a weird lifestyle of a gig. It's such a weird thing to do with your life. Did it, is there some sort of balance that you think that you have that maybe a lot of other comics don't, where it's like you do have this sort of peaceful, sane life, and then you're going into this dark underworld? That, that's a great question and 100% true. And I remember comedians would come up to me and go, man, like you kind of have this nice balance of both. And yeah, I mean, I have this life with my kids and I'm up here in the country and I got horses running around and deer and it's beautiful. And then I go into the city and I just, I'm around just, you know, mentally damaged, you know, <laughs> just unbelievably wild people that are just, I mean, listen, a lot of people in this business are, are messed up and broken. Listen, I have my stuff, but you go there and now you're in a room of all these talented people. It's nighttime. Everybody like wants to go up and give their perspective on life and be funny. And I would do that. And it would be amazing. And then I would just get out of Dodge and be up in the country. And I think that that helped me because- yeah. You feel the city, right? And you feel that it's alive and you're doing all those things and you're telling these jokes. But then to be sitting up in the woods afterwards, it made it it made me go, oh, this is the light. This is the balance of life that uh, that I wanted and, and, and quite frankly needed because I couldn't be doing that life and live in Manhattan. I tried it for a while. I lived in Manhattan for a while. And it's just like it was a lot. 
Was there one place that you never in a million years thought this is what telling jokes brought me to at this point? Um, in October, I uh, my New York Giants were playing the the Packers in London. Yeah. And my agent was like, I think I can, you know, I was like, hey, man, I'd love to take my family to go see the Giants play the Packers. Is there a gig that we could get? And he's like, yeah, there's this one venue, you know, it's like, you know, it's hundreds of people. It's not huge, but it is hundreds of people. It's London. We'll see. And it sold out real quick. And we added one. And I remember the line to see me in London and then people in London going, we flew from Germany to see you. And I'm on stage and I'm in London, dude. I mean, look at me. I'm in London. And it's like, I look like this. I talk like this. And these people in London, England are like roaring for me. And I'm on stage looking and my kids and wife got to see that. And I was just like, wow, man, like, you know, it's very humbling to be able to to do something and have the appreciation reach that, you know, and and um, here's the brutal thing, though. I'll tell you guys a really cool story. I know I know it's you guys are, have time, whatever, but I'm in London and I think my show. So I'm like literally in this hotel. My kids are jumping on beds and she was like it was like home alone, to, like with your family. Right? It was incredible. Right? <laughs> and uh, we're having a good time and I'm resting in bed because my show, the sold out show, the first one is, I think, going to happen at I think it's going to happen at like, you know, eight o'clock. Yeah. So, and all of a sudden I'm in bed at 6:45 in London resting and I luckily pick my phone up and I look at Instagram and somebody from the crowd takes a picture of the stage going getting ready for Paul Verzi can't wait and I look and my <laughs> the agency or whatever got it wrong and the show's at 7 oh my god and it's pouring raining out so I put my pants on my family we get into this thing and I showed up like 18 minutes late and I think people are going to leave and there's no openers in London. So I'm like rained on and I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> and these people like flew from Germany. So I literally got on stage at like 718. And I go, guys, and everyone's going nuts and happy. And they think it was like part of the show, like some <laughs> anticipation. And I'm like, no. dude. So I just said, who was the guy who took a picture? And this like big German guy just goes. And I go, this show is happening because of you. I would have missed. I would have if I literally closed my eyes and didn't look at my phone, I would have flown with my family to a sold out show in London and it would have never happened because of a timing issue. So it, it ended up, it was the most stressful, but you know what? It was awesome. And then we did another one the next night and um, you know, it was amazing, but that was the one that made me say, this is pretty awesome. Well, no, that's, I think that's, that's, that's a good one to wrap on for sure. That's that, that's a near miss too. Uh, Paul, we could talk to you all day, man, but before we let you go for our listeners at home, uh, where can we tune in? Of course you have, the Verzi effect. You also yep. have co-host anything better with Bill Burr. Uh, where can we get tickets for your show here in Toronto? Where can we find you online, follow your podcast, all that good stuff, man. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I could talk to you guys, uh, you know, as I mean, got an Italian guy booking it. I mean, I'm going to be a little <laughs> Italy. I mean, I can just, you get, listen, here's the deal. You put me on a show with Italian kids. I we can just talk. Cause it'll move into food. It'll move into uh, mafia movies. I'll be here all day, but well, he just lives down the street from the Royal in little Italy. So how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm coming to your show. Well, he's just, he's just, he, he books the show. He just puts cannolis all over the sidewalk, and he's around the corner with a butterfly net. That's how we well, book listen, the I'll show. follow the cannolis. Bring some prosciutto, melon, and cheese, dude. We'll, we'll eat <laughs> some bread backstage. I'll get you a snooze so you don't sleep over and sleep in. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I host uh, two podcasts, The Verzi Effect, which is now a full-on TV show in studio. For a long time, yeah. I did it. I did it here. Um, alone. A lot of people liked it alone, but now that I'm actually in a studio and I bring in guests, it's completely exploded. And I, I'm really excited about that. So you could check out the Verzi effect on and anywhere you get your um, podcast, iTunes, Spotify. I co-host the anything better uh, podcast, uh, another podcast with all things comedy. Bill Burr's my co-host. So we just talk a bunch of 
with that. That's great. And uh, yeah, man, I got a lot of tour dates at paulverzi.com. I'm going to be uh, at the Royal Theater on uh, January 28th. And you could get tickets for that at paulverzi.com. And then I have dates across every major city coming up all the way through the spring. And we constantly keep adding stuff. So uh, I'll be there. If anybody listening to this is in New York City, February 2nd and 3rd, I'll be at Gotham Comedy Club headline in New York City. And the special Nocturnal Admissions on Netflix, which uh, I was so thrilled and humbled that it was uh, globally trending. And um, I'm really proud of it. And it's doing well. So you guys can check that out. I'll, I'll sit here all day. <laughs> uh, you you want plugs? You'll get plugs you never seen. No. Um, if you do watch my Netflix special, though, everything I do at the Royals is not from there. So you're not going to yes. see anything. That's one thing I'm not going to do to people. I'm not going to have people watch my Netflix thing and then come out and be like, oh, he did half of that. There Thank we go. You, Thank you so much, man, for our listeners at home. Don't miss Paul Verzi live right here in Toronto at the Royal Theater, January 28th. Check out paulverzi.com. Stream that special. Oh, wait, hold on. I just want to tell you guys a story about my father. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Stream that special. Check them out online, watch the show, listen to the podcast, and most importantly, for our listeners here in Toronto, just come see him live at Toronto's January 28th. January 28th, baby, paulverzi.com. That is our panel. Thank you so much to all of our panel, all things New York tonight, Paul Verzi, Matt Friend, thank you so much. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning of time on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is brought to you by Paul Vierzi. My wife says I'm lazy and unprepared, and I'm not gonna lie to you people, I'm lazy and unprepared. But see, my wife's part of the problem because she's overprepared. My wife is ready right now for anything right now. My, I'm not making this up, my wife is so prepared and ready. When she rides in a taxi cab, she rips one strand of hair out of her head leaves it in the back seat in case the driver murders her, they could trace back the DNA to see who did it, okay? That's who I'm living with, everybody. Look, the women out here are like, that's a good idea, though. That's... I gotta, I gotta watch more Law & Order. That's...